0: At first, it was startling to see, a little furry bandit pulling itself towards us through the Union Street Bridge. I let out a yelp, but Galinda just stood transfixed, holding one of her large hands out and letting the crystal charms of her armful of bracelets clink and tangle against one another. She was reading its energy. I broke out into a fit of fear laughter, because how often do you see an enormous raccoon pulling itself in an army man crawl through a bridge over a polluted canal? I could tell Galinda was getting a powerful hit off this fellow's wild, untamed aura. To her, it was the embodiment of the metal rat itself, the symbol, for the year of 2020. It was a kind of blessing from the universe to be so near this living symbol, she explained. And so, uh, we stood in place, our loose trousers blowing in the too-warm January breeze. As the beast kept up the task of emerging through that metal tube, I thought about how often life feels just like that. Forced into a weird place, crawling through no matter what, stealing food, sleeping outdoors, wearing a mask. Why, that was much of my 20s. If only I had been as open to receiving signals and asking for help as I am today. Well, you are in luck, because you already know how to get your portals open, because you've joined me here in a place of radical openness. This is The Deep Night. Deep night, Deep Night, hey. Hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, your host, guide, and guru. Through this next hour of regrets and revelations, welcome to The Deep Night. We come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And oh, our Gowani is in gelatinous spasms as it veers from warm weather back to cold weather. Like me, the canal is barely able to hold its form. I could not believe it was January, and here I was in a turtle tank, and the very next day I'm wearing that same turtle tank under a regular full sleeve turtle. <laughs> "'I mean, what's going on? I met a friend who I met through our turtleneck swaps down by the piers, "'told me that the earth is trying to get rid of us, "'and I'm of the mind to believe him. "'What with everything going on, we better get this sorted out, "'because I need the cold weather back. "'Especially because our building's heat has one setting, "'and it's inferno, which is fine if it's 19 degrees out "'and the East River's frozen solid.' but not so great when it's 50 degrees out and fellows are wearing shorts. I feel the same way about men wearing shorts in winter as I do about people who wear two backpacks, one on the front and one on the back. I don't trust them. Speaking of radical honesty, I'm always so encouraged and inspired by the young people in comedy these days. They're out there making the most of it with their front-facing camera characters, taking on the subtleties of various people doing things. (laughs) That's it, that's the concept. I watched one person on Twitter the other day. Just a hilarious send-up of woman eating a sandwich who discovers mid-bite that they put pesto on the bread and she specifically didn't ask for it. <laughs> it's a tour de force. I mean, okay. Technology has really made everyone a star. Now, speaking of stars, my guest today is well on her way to comedy gold status. I'm a Delta Gold member, so I know a thing or two about Upgrades. Alice Morales hit the ground running in New York when she arrived some years back and has been making great comedy happen ever since. Whether it's being a part of UCB or appearing on difficult people, late night with Seth Myers, providing voices for our cartoon president on Showtime. She's a co host of Betcha Sup Podcast, and the creator of the popular touring show, Roast, of your 15-year-old self. Elise is a gifted comedian, and it was a delight having her join me in the Deep Night Studios. Let's go now to my conversation with Elise Morales. Elise Morales, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> Oh, good.
0: My goodness. Well, welcome to the deep night. Thank you for being here.
1: I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh, we were talking in the hallway a little bit about anxiety. Yes. And I have the anxiety. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought today, you anxious too?
1: Of course. Yes, all all the time. Constantly about everything.
0: Like I'm having trouble sleeping.
1: Yes. And from a young age, like, I mean, now I have real anxieties about the world and stuff. But when I was a kid, it was just as bad, but about sort of like, Playground interpersonal dramas that are yeah,
0: happening. Yes, yeah. Well, let's go. We'll talk about this yes. a little bit, but I want to start off today in an unusual way.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, with uh, just a kind of uh, brain exercise. Okay. Because uh, to, to, I love a loose noodle. Love you know, it. you got to keep it loose, especially in these early hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, give me the first word that comes to mind when I say the following crystals,
1: healing, sound bath. Reiki.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Moon.
1: Sailor. Sailor! Mm-hmm. Well, that's
0: an unusual and sideways one. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we went in some fun directions. I feel like your chakras are really firing today.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I've got an improv background, so I love a warm-up. It shows. <laughs> it shows.
0: A little zip zap zap yep. and we'll th- toss an imaginary ball uh, back and forth yes. trying to remember our names. Uh, when you do feel things intensely, do you feel like it comes from the head, the heart, or the gut?
1: Gut. Yes. 100%. I'm always, like, uh, whenever I'm trying to do, like, a body scan or whatever to yeah. identify where my anxiety is, it's always, like, between chest and stomach, like, in that area. Right there. That's it's where, where all live. the stress
0: goes mm-hmm. and just lives there. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have a—I a, have a little song that—it if it always calms me. It's a weird one, but it always calms me. Do you have anything like that?
1: Um. Weed? some piece
0: of- okay
1: <laughs> it probably would be <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> wasn't the, the movie i sorts? was thinking uh, yeah good good <laughs> well i thought that's wonderful mm-hmm. uh is there any other like pop cultural touchstone if, if you watch it it's like a movie you could watch endlessly it just calms you
1: um have you ever seen the movie down with love
0: i don't know that i have
1: okay it's this is It's such a random movie to, like, truly love so much, but it's a Renee Zellweger, Ewan McGregor movie from, like, gotta be 2004. Oh. Uh, And it's a Doris Day, Rock Hudson, like, parody movie. And there's, like, a musical element to it. David Hyde Pierce and Sarah Paulson are, like, the funny B couple. (laughs) And it just, it's, like, visually very delightful. There are songs, and honestly, if I'm sad, like, I'll watch down with love.
0: Wow! Yeah, and you endless just and could watch it it
1: in any moment. Yeah. What's sad is that, like, truly, no one's ever seen it. So I (laughs) reference it to myself all the time, and no one ever knows what I'm
0: talking about. No, mine is the same way. Uh, Mm. uh, It's a a obscure track on the When We Were Kings soundtrack. (laughs) Beautiful.
1: The Beautiful. documentary
0: about the big fight down there with Muhammad Ali.
1: I do know that, actually. You
0: know that movie. Uh, and there's the this, this title track, When We Were Kings. And it's just it's a delightful song, and it instantly calms me. I had to search through Spotify this morning on the subway to find it.
1: Just, I, truly, you mentioning this makes me be like, I should watch Down With Love. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as soon as I get home.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, we need it. We're trying to deal with so much. Do you put a lot on the new year? New resolutions, new uh, age of renewal, kind of things.
1: Yes, I'm a big list person, so I always do like resolutions at the beginning, and I try to I try to categorize them to different parts of my life. So I'll do ones for like career, and then I'll do ones that are for art, which I consider different than career. Career is like I'm trying, you know, like, I want to get, like, a legit agent or, like, whatever. That's, like, advancement. But art is, like, I would like to take a class or, like, stuff like that. And then I'll do, like, health and wellness and then just, like, regular life things. I'm, like, I want to go on hikes more personal enrichment
0: yes exactly. as opposed to just the career side
1: exactly because I realized when I wasn't doing that and like putting doing it in like different segments it would just all be career stuff yeah. and I was like well I also did other stuff this year <laughs> I, I like lived a life worth talking about yes so.
0: and keep to and keep investing in
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: uh, and do you find yourself uh, particularly successful with that um, it seems like you're doing
1: fine. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm doing okay. Yeah. I mean, um, there I mean, are if things that you didn't,
0: have, you wouldn't keep doing it, right?
1: There have thi- there are certainly things that have been on the list for years uh, <laughs> that just keeps yeah. not happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I'll get one that was like, "Oh, I didn't think I'd actually get that one done this year." And we Check got it. Checked it off. Checked it's, it off. It's
0: a great. I'm a big believer in to-do lists. Mm-hmm. Just every week, I like to start off. And get those things knocked down. Cross them out. Even the things where it's like, start the list. Yes. I mean, you got to do some of that stuff just to get things flowing.
1: I feel like <laughs> I'm a I'm a planner fetishist. Like, I yeah. love a day planner. I, for Christmas, what I had, my fiance was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I was like, this really fancy planner. Yeah. And now I have this really <laughs> fancy planner. And I feel, every time I open it, I'm like, Uh, That's a calming thing for me, too, is looking at this beautiful planner that I got.
0: What uh, sign are you?
1: Taurus. Taurus. Mm -hmm. What about you? Uh, Libra. Oh, wow. Very friendly.
0: (laughs) Very friendly, except when I'm not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Except when you have a massive grudge.
0: (laughs) It's those two uh, poles that Mm -hmm. we're constantly balancing. Oh, Taurus is interesting. I haven't met a Taurus in a while.
1: Yeah, I feel like we lay low.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, Taurus is our, the thing about Taurus is that we're at home.
0: Uh, is that Surrounded true? by, Nesters. like, our luxury
1: goods ah. and just, like, trying to stay out of the fray.
0: I also find it curious that whatever sign we are, and whether you subscribe to that mm-hmm. or not, but you tend to, like, see the same signs. Yeah. Like, it's a. It's rare for me to encounter like an Aries.
1: Yeah, so my mom's an Aries. Uh, yeah. Got a, I've got a mom who's an Aries, got a best friend who's an Aries. I feel like I don't meet a ton of Libras.
0: You see, we're in different little uh, pods. But
1: I don't meet other <laughs> Tauruses either. Uh,
0: yeah, I really you're the first one in a long time. <laughs>
1: it's cuz we're at home. Yeah. It's cuz like we're taking a bath and that's <laughs> where we are at all times. Well, okay.
0: Good. <laughs> A bath can be a relaxing thing, too. Mm-hmm. A good a good thing to calm down. Um, you talked about that anxiousness, anxiety as a child. Yes. And it relating to kind of schoolyard things. Mm-hmm. I remember identifying with that movie Little Man Tate. It's in a movie that maybe is out of mm-hmm. fashion to talk about. <laughs> uh, a Jodie Foster vehicle. And all I remember about it, really, is that there was a little kid that was super sensitive. I don't know why, if he was mm-hmm. an alien or if he had some kind of genetic issue, but just felt the world so intensely he almost couldn't function, and poor Jody was just flabbergasted by it and had to find some help for him.
1: Oh, that's, that's me 100%.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot, It was a lot to watch it, but then to also realize, oh, that's kind of me taking yes. on all this stuff. We don't have to do that.
1: I remember when I was little, do you know the show Doug? It was like a Nickelodeon cartoon. cartoon show.
0: I know what it is, yes, but okay. if I'm not a watcher.
1: Doug, Doug, he's a young boy. He's got a big imagination. He's, uh, he's always getting into sort of awkward scenarios, and I, I remember that like the things that were happening to Doug, like his awkward behavior, would make me feel so uncomfortable, <laughs> and I would have such secondhand embarrassment for him that I literally could not. Watch Doug. I couldn't get through an episode. I would be like, "You either need to talk to Patty Mayonnaise normally, or leave this woman alone." <laughs> I couldn't. Well, I was emotionally too intense for me. Yes. There's an episode where he ruins his sister's dinner party. That was like, I like blacked out. It. I couldn't handle it. <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> Well, was keep, keep Doug away. He's not on the calming rotation list. No, I have a sense of anger that bubbles up with Caillou. Who? <laughs>
1: Who is Caillou?
0: I don't. I don't know why I'm bringing him, him into this. He's a little bald fellow. I think probably from Montreal, mm-hmm. and it's like a children's cartoon, okay. maybe for littler kids than you were. Mm-hmm. At, I mean, you were little at some point, yes. but that may have missed it. Anyway, I just – he inspires rage (laughs) in me. Yeah. Yeah, He does everything just irritatingly. Anyway, you're lucky to have skipped it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to look – I'm not looking into it.
0: (laughs) I want the parental controls but to just mask out certain things like that. Yeah. Like a filter on Twitter or something. Just say, no Caillou, no Doug.
1: Secondhand embarrassment I can't – I can't handle – The only thing that's approached how I felt watching Doug was the episode of Girls where Marnie sings a cover of um, the Kanye West. Song and uh-huh. she like sings the cover in front of everyone and it's so embarrassing. that I was like, "This is Doug level." Like I'm feeling <laughs> like I'm watching Doug again.
0: Well, then this is interesting to me mm-hmm. uh, because I kind of remember when you first got on the scene there. Because I'm always trying to <laughs> pay attention, <laughs> see what what ripples there are in mm-hmm. the force, and I took note because you have a kind of distinctive uh, and engaging energy, Thank one you. that's not afraid of being a little silly. And uh, I always value that. I love to be in, silly. In, yes, it's it's needed. in in comedy and in the world. But this idea of embarrassment is also behind this roast of the 15-year-old self show that you do. Yes. Explain to me what that is. I have a sense of it, but I have sadly never been to one of these.
1: Absolutely. Um, So the show is called The Roast of Your 15-Year-Old Self, and basically the reason I started it was because I was – I found an old Facebook album that was an album I had created to save my old MySpace photos. When, like, the time happened when it was like, we're not doing MySpace anymore, we're moving to Facebook, I was like, well, I need to save all my beautiful photos, because I was a big MySpace girl. Yeah, MySpace was great.
0: That guy never did us wrong.
1: No, Tom, Tom? he didn't meddle. In an election, no. he didn't try to start his own money. Uh-oh. He was just—he was just like, "Who are your friends? Simple.
0: You like music? Here's some bands."
1: Yeah, exactly. He'd be like, "Hey, I'm your friend." Yeah, yeah. Look at me. I'm like, working on
0: something over here. I don't know what it is.
1: Exactly. But
0: I have a moment to turn over and acknowledge the camera.
1: I know we we like we let him go too soon.
0: Oh, for sure, <laughs> oh, for he sure. He was too good. He I, was too I uh, pure. you know, I met a lot of nice people from MySpace when you could actually, you could kind of date off of it too. Yeah, and uh, I also found a lot of bands.
1: You, a lot of bands. A lot That's of bands. That's the sad loss of MySpace is like all the music and stuff that was on there.
0: But then Justin Timberlake bought it.
1: Yeah, but it's still it's gone.
0: I, I yeah, it's, it's gone. gone. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I think he's the greatest, and then other times he does something like that, and I think. Eh.
1: Right, so I much. go back and forth about Justin Timberlake all the time. Right? The Twenty Twenty Experience is an amazing album. That's what I'll say about <laughs> Justin
0: Timberlake. Okay.
1: But also, apparently, he's cheating on Jessica Biel now. I holding holding hands. hands in public like a fool. Oh my! <laughs>
0: Why would you do that? Why? Like, like, That's what I mean. Yeah, I, it's a constant with him.
1: I know. am always back
0: and forth. I want to like you. I enjoy your music. I like your voice. He does something stupid. Right. Come on.
1: Come on, Justin. I need
0: to relax with my entertainers.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Clearly a theme. It's like, I thought you were (laughs) done cheating on Jessica Biel, and that was the whole thing.
0: Yes, mature already. And then you
1: made this album, and it was a great album, and you were like, I'm never going to cheat on Jessica Biel again. And then here we are, in public.
0: Holding hands. Like a fool,
1: holding hands.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that's one form of embarrassment.
1: Yes, you so, found this folder. So I found this. I found this folder that I completely forgot I had even made. It was yeah. like I had made it in like two thousand whatever six when I had like gone on Facebook, and I was looking at the photos and I was like, I have to do something with these because they're they're like the classic MySpace girl photos. I was what you would call a scene kid, which is oh. like it's like an a, um, an offshoot of being an emo kid that is specifically like tailored to MySpace. You've definitely seen scene kids. They would have like cheetah print hair.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: like they're doing like, like
0: pigtails, like neon yeah, green, a little bit yes. of the rave uh, influence. Yeah,
1: and you would have like a little bow. Like it would be like uh-huh. an off-kilter bow oh, oh. Um, and really like choppy layered hair where like okay. you've got a lot of volume on the top and then like a very little volume on the bottom. Uh, and it was a look that existed specifically for MySpace. <laughs> 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 uh, and i I was very much like that. So um, I I remember I posted a Facebook status that was like, if I did a show called The Roast of Your 15-Year-Old Self, would people want to do it? And it got like a lot of people were like, oh my God, I would love to do this. So then I started hosting it. And basically what the show is, is people give me... Mostly it's people giving me photos, but people have also shown videos. They've played um, songs. They've read old diary entries. It's all this stuff. And the idea is that you're going to do a roast of yourself when you were 15. Uh, And I've had... Now it's, God, it's been like five years that I've been doing it. Oh, really? Um, which is so crazy. We've I've done it all over. It started in New York, but now I've done it in like Boston and Philly and L.A. and Richmond, D.C., all these different places. And what's so fun about it is like um, literally everyone has something. Yes. What, <laughs> is there, what is there been, a
0: city that uh, has the mo- more embarrassing stuff? <laughs>
1: um. God, you know. I really feel like what I found doing the show is everybody has a roast of your 15 year old self set in them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I pulled even someone who's never done comedy, if I like pulled them and was like, send me one photo of you at 15 and just tell me, like, go for five minutes embarrassing stuff about yourself, like, it's it's within you.
0: (laughs) It's what we're all trying to escape every day. All day.
1: Yes, and that's the main thing that I get after the show is people just coming up to me being like, oh my God, when I was 15, I was into this embarrassing thing. Like My thing is that I wrote an insane Harry Potter fan fiction that was 39 chapters long, 65,000 words long. Crazy. I should have been studying. (laughs) I should have been in school. Wow. Um, And the whole plot of it was just... um, I literally rewrote Order of the Phoenix. Like, like I would write entire paragraphs, but I wrote myself into it. My name was Addie in it. Okay. But a, I was a little, there. A little wizard. Yeah. 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 I was there and everyone wanted to be my boyfriend. And that was the whole thing. Oh. And I spent hours <laughs> writing this
0: and uh, i assume by by your time mm-hmm. that's on a computer that you yes. right and everything yes okay. i remember a uh a, what was it called a visit to the world of arcadia <laughs> or something like that all handwritten pages a fan which fiction. then because it had to be in um ink mm-hmm. you had to go copy over all the stuff you had written in pencil like draw over it yes. in in pen I too much work
1: I monopolized the family <laughs> computer just hours typing away these fan fictions.
0: What kind of computer are we talking about?
1: Oh God, like a like a Gateway okay. desktop, right. um,
0: like a PC clone, y- IBM clone,
1: something. Definitely a PC, yeah. like black monitor. I think yeah. it was a Gateway.
0: Yeah, that sounds, seems right.
1: And I was like either writing fan fiction on it, reading fan fiction on it. Having very intense AIM chats with boys who I did not speak to in person. Like, we would talk for like three hours every night, and then I would see them at school and be like, don't look at me.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
1: um, or downloading music on LimeWire that just ended up being pornography that infected my computer with like so oh. many viruses, and my dad would just be like, "Why is the computer getting so many viruses?" And I'm like, "I don't know. <laughs> I'm <It's> crazy."
0: <laughs> oh, sounds like you were getting into some trouble there. Yes. But see, our experiences are different in that you had internet yes. as a teenager, and I did not. And Probably for the best.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel grateful all the time that I, I had internet, but I didn't have like social media internet on the level that kids have. Yeah. Now, yeah. like the the weird movies and stuff that my friends and I filmed are all lost on little cassette tapes on cameras to time. Like we did not upload anything to YouTube that didn't exist. Thank and goodness. that makes me very happy. <laughs>
0: yes. No,
1: tick tock. None of that stuff. <laughs>
0: no, I'm, I've never been more grateful for a c tape. Right. Like,
1: <laughs> I'm just so glad that all these videos me and my friends made for drama class don't exist anywhere. Oh, yes. Like, they can't be seen.
0: It is of great relief to me. Yes. Not that there's anything that wrong, but I'm just happy to not have them in uh, uh, circulation.
1: Exactly. Do you remember, like, this was obviously years ago, but when that girl, Rebecca Black, had that Friday song that came out and everyone roasted her, Uh I was like, I remember just feeling like I was like, I would have done this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, Like, I couldn't roast her too badly because I was just like, I would have made this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, well, that's what I mean. It's, it's fortunate. Yes. It's fortunate. And uh, you were growing up down in Virginia?
1: Virginia, yes.
0: Okay. Uh, and uh, is that, is that for, for me, there was a lot of uh, mall time. Did that still exist for you? Or was oh, absolutely. That, we already passed that.
1: Absolutely. And so uh,
0: what were your what were your stores? I feel like my existence could be defined by mm-hmm. KB Toy and Hobby, Suncoast video and structure?
1: Um, hot Topic, number one. Okay. Absolutely. I'm at Hot Topic. I'm, one time the person working the register at Hot Topic told me that she was like, You're cool. I think you could work here. And my entire, I was like, Oh my God, it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> like I was like I can't believe this. So I like went home and filled out the application. I was so excited. They never hired me. I was, <laughs> I was destroyed by that. I thought I was like I'm gonna get hired at Hot Topic, and then it's all gonna happen for me. <laughs> yeah, things <laughs> like,
0: are changing. Um, for, now at that point, are you in like uh, a kind of a Beetlejuice getup? What's oh the... yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: exactly. <laughs> that is exactly the getup. Lydia Dietz in Beetlejuice was my number one person that I was trying to look like. Um, It was like a combination of Lydia Dietz, Avril Lavigne, Uh um, and then there was a character on the OC named Anna, who was like the cool alt option for Seth Cohen to date. He ultimately does not choose her, but I always identified with Anna. Yes, yes. Interesting. Um, Yes. And then I'm trying to think of my other stores would have been, like, the back corner of Spencer's trying to, like, peer at the, like, sex toy area, but not actually going in because I was very afraid of ever getting in trouble.
0: Yes. Let's Um, talk about Spencer's Gifts for just a second. Uh, And in my day, it was Spencer's Gifts. I don't know if it still had the Gifts part, but a lot of people have taken shots at Spencer's for being kind of lascivious, weird. I I think a lot of uh, us uh, growing up went there and had some experience encounter with sexual stuff yes. <laughs> that <laughs> we shouldn't have, but also that was it. That was the source. Yeah. Unless you found a magazine in the woods somewhere or right. something, right? But I think we should offer Spencer's a little bit of a revision for being so sex positive, right? for being uh, a little bit queer, a little bit messy, and kind of holding everything together without judgment.
1: I 100% agree like spencers was the place you went to go to be like oh sex is silly like it can be just like a silly thing like oh, we got adults there playing dice games and yeah. handcuffing each other to, to whatever like muscular
0: got... men on playing cards exactly sure. that,
1: this pair of underwear doesn't even have a butt part like oh, that's fun that's anything's fun.
0: possible <laughs> I feel like
1: the T shirts were the most problematic element of Spencer's Oh, that
0: could be. Like yep. the
1: sex area, I'm like, this is actually great. Keep the sex area. But then there would be a T shirt that are like that's like like women are skanks and <laughs> like that's probably the I uh, guess that's the area of Spencer's that I would reform.
0: Absolutely. Yes. I think the misogynistic yes, part of I it. I
1: wouldn't touch the sex area I would leave completely yep. untouched. Yep. I'd just get some of those T-shirts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think there might have been a few bad hats too. Yeah, you Not know, just what? the ponytail one or the. Uh, you
1: yeah, know. we're definitely going to need to look at the hats. We're going to need to look at the magnets. We're going <laughs> to <laughs> do a whole review of that area of Spencer's.
0: <laughs> but I feel like it was very ahead of its
1: yes. time,
0: and we should acknowledge that, and maybe, obviously, with all things, make some changes. But yes. uh, I knocked over one of those um, wave pool little desktop oh, wave I pools love those. once. Sure, we all did.
1: Those are fun.
0: They are filled with a toxic
1: <laughs> sludge <Yeah. laughs>
0: that smells like gasoline. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, they're just pure mercury. It's it like, just okay,
0: cool. spread out over that carpet, and I had to just back away and uh, slowly get out of that store and never acknowledge it, yeah. except for publicly years later in yeah. <laughs> <now, laughs> many now different formats. But uh, do you ever think if the 80s, 90s, uh, however late, malls were people, who would they be? Oh, for instance, Spencer gifts could be like a lady you follow to San Francisco after school in Providence, and a few months into dating tells you she's also a sex worker yeah, but yes. is really focused on having the family together for the high holidays, something like that
1: mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know believes
0: in climate justice
1: yes uh forever twenty one is absolutely a thirty five year old woman <laughs> <laughs> who like will not tell you what her actual age is, yeah. and, like, has a tiny dog, Uh and, like... (laughs) addicted to Botox and stuff but you like her you're like you know what you have so many traits that I would say like looking individually on a piece of paper that I don't like about a person but all put together with you you're fun yeah yeah. that's who Forever 21 is I think
0: that store lids with all the hats (laughs) that's (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: a young kid who I just don't get at all
1: oh yeah he's got wheelies he's He's scooting around his school
0: (laughs) (laughs) but I so appreciate the hustle Yes, and so it's the same kind of thing. I'm put off by and I know we're never going to have a conversation, mm-hmm. but my gosh, you you opened a store full of hatch.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: God bless you. You can
1: tell he's bringing joy to somebody. To somebody. You know?
0: Yep. Yep. For Christmas, for the nephews.
1: Absolutely. Sometimes
0: that works out. <laughs> well, you know, but hot topic, uh, uh, a little problematic. Yeah. Because it felt to me, that's when I felt like things were starting to shift. When you had Hot Topic and then the alternative section at the, like, Sam Goody or the Mm -hmm. music store. Because then all of a sudden it felt like capitalism was co-opting a lifestyle or a kind of artistic expression and then selling it. Absolutely. And that felt like, okay, mm, money's involved now. This is is over for that. Yes. But – it, uh, clearly not. It's oh, I mean, going. I just had
1: no <laughs> concept of, like, I, I was just like, no, I just want a flogging Marley t-shirt. Like, that's, <laughs> that's yes. what's happening. Yes. I want a patch that has a bunny that says, I kill you on it. Like, <laughs> I need I need these items. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that people will know that I'm cool
0: and alternative. And, and the question is, do you still have the items? Do you still seek them out? Do people still give them to you?
1: I have not been inside a Hot Topic in a very long time. I know that they've aesthetically changed completely because when I – Not much. Well, (laughs) the outside now has changed like – because when I went in, it was like the dark black metal music Hot Topic and the logo was like the blood – dripping Hot uh Topic it said at the top. And now it's sort of this sleek silver metal look to Hot Topic, which is interesting. The inside content is still the same. I mean, it's changed a little bit. I'm sure they have, like, Billie Eilish attire now (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, I would Um, hope so.
0: If they want to stay in business.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sure that they they have some kind of partnership with her. <laughs> um, and they're still selling Manic Panic uh, hair dye, I believe. Yeah, well, yeah. Which was the, that was the hair dye. Sure. But, uh, like, they, the physical look, it's, like, a little bit brighter and, like, more, it's got, like, metallic now. Yeah. Which is interesting. Because mm. the hot topic that I went into was truly pitch black, black darkness. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like a cave. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And <laughs> uh, everything well. was
1: expensive. Yeah. Like, which yeah. goes back to what you were saying. It's like, oh, cool, punk rock, but also, like, this is $50.
0: <laughs> right. For a torn pair of fishnets. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. For a... Fifteen-year-old.
1: Yeah, exactly. For a shirt that says like I, like you laugh because I'm different. I laugh because you're all the same. Yeah. I, that is the classic <laughs> hot topic shirt to me, and that shirt is fifty dollars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there does seem to be an element of the theatrical to that place yes. too, and there's a lot of costume and presentation stuff mm-hmm. that's there. So I imagine you were a theater. Kid. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And and so are there songs? Did you, were you musicals mm-hmm. too? Yes. Okay. Kind of yes. goes with the package. Yeah. <laughs> were there songs that you performed there that even now you'll pull out for a karaoke number?
1: Okay. So I – my my big musical – like thing that I got because I would always I was always in the straight plays and then I would try to go for the musical but I was too I I was too nervous about singing I have a fun I actually have like a decent voice but I would get so nervous during the audition I could never like nail it so yeah. the big part that I got was when we did Wizard of Oz I was Glinda uh-huh. and um it was like a crazy production because my theater teacher who was a true psycho <laughs> <laughs> Like, the, the most classic theater teacher psycho, He, um, anytime we would have an assignment, he would perform it for us first to show us what a 100% would be like.
0: Oh, I see. I see.
1: <laughs> and before every play, he would give us a speech about how if we didn't do it right, he would play our part.
0: And he was ready to <laughs> and
1: oh, hoping to. Oh, that's what to. he ultimately wanted <laughs> so bad. He clearly wanted to be in the plays. But um, he... <laughs> he put on this insane production of Wizard of Oz at our school because he said that he was going to retire my junior year. So he brought in backdrops from Las Vegas, and we got a flying system, and I flew around. Like, it was crazy. And then at the end of the year, he did not retire.
0: (laughs) How could you go out after such a success? It was
1: crazy. And then the next year, we just did um, Into the Woods, and we had no money, and he... um, but Like he was like uh, half, like one foot out the door, and I was like, Why did you do this? Why didn't you just retire? Um, but that being said, the song that I always wanted to sing, yes, and would always try, like, would try to squeak out an audition is On My Own from Les Mis, oh, which is the classic. Yes. I feel like that is a classic high school girl audition song. Uh huh. Uh huh.
0: The classic Unrequited
1: Love Eponine yeah. song. Oh. I know. I loved that one. I would always do that one, and I would do Part of Your World from uh, Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> but I would get too scared. Yeah. I would always do fine with the first audition, and then when it came time to actually sing the songs from the musical, I would get too scared, and all the girls who took chorus and could like go along with the piano would just... They'd just wreck me.
0: <laughs> they just run away with ju-
1: it. Yeah, they would just, they'd steal it every time.
0: That's unfortunate. I and know. I, have you, I hope that you've gotten over that kind of choking
1: I, business. I've gotten over that, but I will say that, um, have you heard of the show Encore? It's on Disney Plus. Uh,
0: yes, I, I, have, <laughs> I have heard of it, yes. I haven't so, seen it. Okay, so of
1: it's, of it. the premise is that they bring a bunch of like, former high school theater kids back together to do their high school musical again, and it has brought up a lot. I have seen one
0: of these episodes, and I couldn't watch it for exactly what we're talking about. It it
1: brought up too much. Back to Doug,
0: back to all this other stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah. All the relationships were still, like, weirdly the same.
1: Yeah, and I also (laughs) started, like, logistically going through, in my mind, because I'm always, like... I'm always like thirty steps ahead of whatever is happening presently in my mind. So in my mind I'm like, Okay, so my high school is obviously doing encore now. So <laughs> And I'm like, what play would we do? Would we do Wizard of Oz? I'd wanna do Wizard of Oz because then I could reprise my role as Glinda, but it's like, would they choose to do Into the Woods? And then it's like, I don't wanna be one of the stepsisters again. I wanna get my opportunity to try and go out for Baker's wife, which is what I wanted in the first place, but I choked as we talked about. And then I'm like, Are they gonna let me do that? That girl Amanda who played the Baker's wife probably would come back. She seems like the type of Girl who would come back. So then it's like, what are we doing here?
0: Yeah, but I would like to know what happened to the theater director. He
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> he eventually retired the next year um, after sort of this middling production of Into the Woods, where we had to make um, Cinderella's castle out of uh, <laughs> out of like lunch plates, like that we collected. Oh. Like like literally, Cinderella's castle was made of trash <laughs> because <laughs> we had spent so much money on Wizard of Oz the year prior. <laughs> <laughs> this, this poor fella he,
0: Is he still around?
1: You know what? I actually because of Encore started googling him <laughs> yeah, um, do. So the auditorium at my high school is now named after him So it was like a big thing They named the auditorium after yeah. him After Wizard of Oz he, he was supposed to retire He did not retire He remained another year for reasons that I don't understand And as far as I can tell He's still living and thriving in Oakden
0: that's wonderful, and
1: I would truly love nothing more than to see him again. Like at the time, I loved him so much, and looking back, I still love him, but I also recognize that he was crazy.
0: But uh, what more perfect guest for a roast of my fifteen-year-old self? If than I could get him this fella
1: to come to the roast of your fifteen-year-old, I don't even like. To have a reunion with him would be so incredible.
0: Well, I'm going to hold a crystal and think about that because (laughs) I want that to happen for you and I want to see it. And, uh, you know, I would happily contribute to getting those sets flown in.
1: (laughs) That is um, one other thing that he did that is like kind of my favorite story is um, the year. So the year after we did Wizard of Oz and he did not retire, we did. It it was like it was up in the air what musical we were going to do. And at one point, they were like, we should do Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And um, according to the very gossipy chorus teacher who told the chorus kids, who told me, the teacher, (laughs) he was like, we should do Beauty and the Beast, but none of the boys in our program can sing the beasts part, which is false. <laughs> but he this was the premise by which he was gonna say this next thing, which is I should play the beast. <laughs> which the chorus teacher was then like, so you actually can't play romantic opposite of a student at the school <laughs> Which I'm sure he was not thinking about at all. Like like, I don't think that this was like a creepy, I want to play romantic opposite a student oh, thing. No. He was just like, I want to play the B. It's
0: about stage time.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely, it was not romantic at all. That was not happening.
0: Not to just wildly uh, throw some conjecture out mm-hmm. there, but he had such a success with Wizard of Oz. Yes. On top. Celebrated. Yes. What? And, okay, that would have been a nice way to go out. But then someone dangles this idea in his, uh, he yeah, does in he his he dangles mind. to himself. <laughs> <laughs> Little self-dangling. That he could be the star of, finally, finally, of Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Bring this thing home. And then everybody would not only see him for the visionary, but as an actor, as a performer. Yes. The thing he longed
1: That's what for. he wanted. Every, truly. And then go out. Every show, he would be like, you don't have your lines? I'm going out there. Like, he, he wanted it. He wanted that to happen. That is <laughs> so badly. And, um... I just always think about if that production had gone on with him starring as the Beast, sort of like that end moment where the Beast like dramatically transforms and he's just like my 65-year-old drama teacher. <laughs> and Belle's like, um, oh, you're an old man. I thought that we were the same age.
0: <laughs> Legendary. I guess you it would can't be tell amazing. with the Beast. It would be amazing.
1: Yeah. I think it should. they should have let it happen. Yeah. I would well, love nothing more than if it had actually happened.
0: That's pretty compelling. <laughs> <laughs> and then you want that video to survive. Yes. But you like doing characters. I do. You've been surrounded by characters like this, I mm-hmm. imagine, your whole life. It's tricky to do a character yeah. and maintain it. Uh, you also enjoy hosting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
0: I would only host if I could.
1: Which I feel like is another character, which is yourself the host.
0: Yes. Like, yes. it's
1: this other person you're putting on who's like, welcome to the show.
0: Yeah. So, but you're the glue. Yeah. You're the person that, they, that the audience has to trust. Yes. Because everything else will go up and down and what it is, what it is. But if they don't trust you, Forget it. You've lost it. Yeah,
1: and it's such, like, a dynamic thing you have to do where you have to, like, really be paying attention to everything that's happening and, like, keeping time. And, like, I just love the, like, kind of, like, frenetic energy of hosting a show. Yeah. You know? Because when I'm doing the roast, it's like I'm watching the show. I'm keeping time. I'm maintaining – I'm watching the audience. I'm thinking about my stuff. But I'm also, like, trying to connect with the stuff they're saying because sometimes – People on the show will tell a story that reminds me of something I hadn't even remembered right? uh, Like from years ago. And I get kind of like a new – there's so many new discoveries I've made during the show, even still, where someone will tell a story and I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot about this kid at my school who did the same thing or some adjacent thing or whatever. And then, like, that'll make its way into just the show proper because it, like – It has a big pop.
0: I get such a headache after doing hosting because I'm paying so much attention to everything that's happening.
1: (laughs) The next day I feel like physically drained. Yes. I've started to have to be like the day after I host the show, I keep it. I mean, as best I can. I'm like, I'm going to keep this light. Like I'm going to stay home. I'm going to (laughs) chill. Yeah.
0: Get in that bath.
1: Yes. Uh, Put on the show.
0: Exactly. Do you love me? What's it
1: called?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The movie? The movie. That uh, you love? Oh,
1: Oh! Down With Love.
0: Down With Love. Down okay, With okay. Love. All
1: right. Great movie.
0: And uh, speaking of uh, characters and uh, participating in things, that's mm-hmm. a solid segue, yeah. isn't it? Uh, you're the voice of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I am. On the cartoon president. Yes. Which is on Showtime.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Uh, she's been on the show.
1: She's been on this show? AOC. Oh, I, my God.
0: Exactly the right reaction.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a little
0: weird. But she was – we did one of our live shows. She That's did a, we amazing. politically-themed show, and she came out and did the introduction. Now, we <sighs> all so thought, cool. uh, just keep it, keep it light. Mm-hmm. Just don't talk about yourself too much. Just get up there and then get out. Yeah. We got to get on with the show. Had no idea what this uh, young person would become. Because she had just started running.
1: Oh, so it was like prior to like her a month actually later, win. she
0: was really all over the place. That's so and then cool. by the fall, she had won, and then we're in a different level altogether.
1: Yeah, I remember when like her first ad came out that went viral, and everyone was like, This is a really good ad. The one where she's taking yeah. her shoes off yeah, on the subway platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she's just. Uh, what's the line? She's like someone who doesn't live here can't possibly represent us. <laughs> 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 someone who doesn't live here doesn't drink our water, doesn't go to our schools. She's like, uh, I love her.
0: What did it come? out What's the key to her to doing her voice?
1: Um, so I think one of the things is that she and I sound very similar naturally, uh-huh. but right. it's a little bit higher pitched. She, um, she. She, like, she'll be, like, um, um, uh. She has, like, she does has the Obama ums a little bit. His Uh are, like, longer and more drawn out. But she, like, she, like, will do a little bit of a stammer sometimes. Uh uh, Because she's, like, I can tell that, like, it's because she's so excited and, like, you can tell, like, her brain is, like, 10 steps ahead of, like, her mouth is, like, catching up to what she's thinking a lot. So it's sort of like this, like, frantic energy. And she has, like, a little bit of a raspiness. It's, like, a little bit up here.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then the vocal fry is also key, yeah. which she does have. I think I'm a little bit lower in my vocal fry, and she's, like, a little bit higher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. It's there. Yeah. Does she smoke? Is that what the
1: raspiness is from? I, you know what? It's Maybe just living, living that queen's life. Queen's life. <laughs> <laughs> or the Bronx. Where is she from? Right yeah, She's yeah. a Bronx and Queens. Yeah, All right.
0: that good, that good era. Yes, there. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and had you done VO stuff before?
1: No, that was my first uh, foray into it. And I honestly like it was a, it was an audition that I recorded on my phone. I had. Um, I remember I auditioned for her and Kimberly Guilfoyle, and we like, sent those two in.
0: Okay, this is a little inside baseball, mm-hmm. I'll admit, mm-hmm. but uh, we share a VO agent. Yes, which uh, we did. I did not know until mm-hmm. we started talking, plus uh, uh, setting this up. And I remember getting the sheets for Cartoon President in mm-hmm. this most recent season. Yes, I don't know if you're supposed to say that or not, but it happened while I was on vacation, or while I could. I was away from a microphone. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I could do it in the phone, but it always sounds. Yeah, to me. I, there's I like a know.
1: truck in the background. Plus, I don't
0: have a Mitch McConnell in my yeah. back pocket, <laughs> yeah. you know, or some of these kind of obscure Jim Jordan. Yes. C- Nor would I want to.
1: No, <laughs> because that means, what it means is, watch, the best thing about having AOC be my character is that I just watch clips of her and I'm like, oh, I agree with this.
0: There's optimism. If There's you get hope. somebody else, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh god,
1: oh no, <laughs> no! You got to listen to these clips. It's horrible. Yes,
0: yes. But I'm I'm disappointed that I could not uh, be out there participating.
1: It is a very fun because show. It
0: seems like fun, and uh, obviously, what you're doing is great. And so uh, now, um, here's what I'd like to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk to so many people, AOC yes. uh, among them, who people that are on this show mm-hmm. who are at a certain moment in their career. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, things are really starting to catch. The, the, the fire is now going. If you're on one of those naked and afraids, you're going to be all right because yeah. you've yeah. got at least the fire. You're yes. not relying on somebody to move a twig. How do you select projects at this point? Because things are starting to happen and uh, you want to be a little bit cautious or maybe not.
1: Um. Well, first of all, thank you for saying I'm at that point. Because I have, to, some, I have to remind, like, some days I'm like, wow, Elise is on fire. She's killing it. And then other days I'm like, you blew it. You're done. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, It's tough because I think I'm naturally a person who wants to say yes to everything and yep. who wants to have a million projects going on and who, like, if someone offers me, like, I don't know, like, a really fun idea or, like, like let do this play with me. My natural inclination is to be, like, yes, of course I want to be in a fun play with you. Or, like, right. of course I want to start a podcast with you. Uh, so now I think that the list and, like, the planner that I use has really helped me because I will go in month to month and, like, even quarter to quarter and be, like, these are the top three priorities. And that helps me keep in mind, like, okay – You actually can't take on a new, a completely new podcast that is like narrative that you're going to have to write and also be in this play because if you remember, you are doing like a tour of the roast and you have like this, you know, book project that you're working on or whatever. So, like, I think I lean on my organizational skills and like having that calendar that I can look at to remind me, like, you actually can't do that right so
0: time management time, the
1: yeah key. exactly yep. uh, but it's it's tough because my again my natural inclination is to want to work on everything and sometimes i i miss the the early beginning of my career when i first moved to new york when you when i was like first of all 21 and not a a tired old 29 year old (laughs) who needs to be in her bath. (laughs) Needs to be in, in a bath watching down with love. Um, where I would just be like, Yeah, I'll do three shows every night and I'll also be planning my own show, and also I'll start an open mic, and also I'll do this, and like just having this sort of crazy energy because it was all stuff I was doing for myself or for my friends that was for fun. And then you get to this point where actually you join the professional world of this thing. So whether it be like, I feel like that moment for me was like finally getting representation and then being like, oh, okay, now there's like, Like, I have to, I'm, like, answering to someone. (laughs) Right. Like, I have to show up for things, and I have to, like, this person's going to remind me, like, of the projects I have to do, and they're trying to get me jobs, and I have to, like, do those jobs. Or, like, once I started actually getting jobs, writing comedy, and, like, working in that world, like, the the stakes get higher. Yeah. And so you can't just be like, I don't know, fuck it, I'll just do this or that or that, whatever. Or you can, but it's harder.
0: Right, the... Maybe some of the choices become limited. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. there's an obligation attached to it. Yes.
1: Right? Because yeah. your time becomes limited. And it's like, well, I actually, like, yeah, I'd love to do this, but I actually signed a contract <laughs> saying that I would yeah. do this other thing. Yes. So I'm going to have to do that. Uh,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's, uh, but fortunate. Yeah. To, to, yeah. <laughs> to be in that place. It is.
1: It's nice to be there. And then, but sometimes I like, I miss that. Uh, That like first year in comedy, I'm just gonna do whatever. I'll hop on any show. I'm out every night. Like and you fell
0: in with UCB uh, rather quickly too. Yeah, Yeah. because
1: that's what I that's what I knew to do. I um I was on my college improv team at the University of Delaware. Shout out Rubber Chickens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, classic, iconic improv team name. And a bunch of people...
0: <laughs> iconic is I- the word. Yes. yes. Uh,
1: <laughs> I still wear the sweatshirt all the time, and it just says rubber chickens like in big letters on the front, and it's like the warmest, best hoodie I have, and I just always wonder, like, what do people think this hoodie is? <laughs> uh, well, but we, had, so- we
0: had some, not to interrupt, mm-hmm. the, the, with this totally sideways thing, but uh, we had some merch early on in this mm-hmm. show which said, friend of the program, and they're just Mm T-shirts. Now, we don't make them anymore, but every now and again, someone will send me a picture. These shirts have lasted.
1: That's amazing.
0: About 10 years or so.
1: Friend of the program is a fun shirt It's a nice shirt, and that's all
0: it says. It's usually a black or gray.
1: No one knows what program. (laughs) They're like, what is this person about? Most
0: people, I think, assume AA. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so it just kind of defeats the purpose to wear a shirt sort of declaring yourself. But (laughs) uh, God bless. I love merch. We love merch. (laughs)
0: What you were going (laughs) to say.
1: A lot of people from that team had come to New York and started doing UCB stuff. I see. I see. And so when I was on the team and then decided like, okay, you know what? I want to pursue comedy. That's what I'm going to do. I was like, I I saw that path. I was like, "Oh, okay, I can go to UCB and then I can take these classes and I can try to get on a team and that's like that's like a I can join this program and that's something I understand right. how to do," right. which felt a lot easier to me than just like kind of I don't know, going like the open mic route where there's not that clear. I love like a clear path with like goals and milestones and like things and like grades, (laughs) and so I love that.
0: Yes, yes. I
1: love just being like I am in one hundred and one. Now I am in two hundred and one. Now I am in three (laughs) hundred and one. Now I am in four hundred and one. I have passed on to advanced study. Now I will do this. Like it, that felt comforting to me.
0: I love the restriction. Yes, I love uh, an assignment.
1: I love an assignment.
0: Give me a word, I'll write a show. Yes. If you, say, if you say, oh, just do whatever you want, it'll take me forever and I'll never do it.
1: Yeah, it just, um, and like within that I started doing open mics and started doing stand-up and putting up my own shows and stuff, but having that other structured thing that I was doing all along the way that was kind of like, I don't know, it was built in like ways, it was built in validation. So it was like once you pass 401 and they put you in advanced study, it's like, oh, okay, cool. So I got, I've gotten validation from this thing that I'm good enough. Yeah. Like, these people think I'm good, these people think I'm good, which I think gave me confidence in sort of, like, the stand-up, do-your-own-show world where you're not going to be getting that kind of feedback. I mean, people are laughing at your jokes or they're not, but you're not going to have, like, a teacher who's like, A-plus, <laughs> you right, know? Right,
0: right. Well, uh, and uh, the confidence is so important in what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. Um, And it's great to have one of the generation that comes in and UCB is up and running and such a home for people. Yes. You were fortunate in the timing there.
1: Yes, but it also did feel like it was an interesting time. And I feel like a lot of the people who came up with me in the UCB system, like, um, it was just an interesting time where, like, the... What we knew it to be and what we got into was sort of this, like, small punk rock thing, the, like, original ethos of it. And there were all these stars that we were, like, looking up to who came up through that. But I feel like through the time that I was going through the program and getting on teams and doing all that stuff, it expanded into, like, so much bigger of a thing. Yeah. So it was interesting to, like, you start it with kind of one idea of what it's going to be, and then you start going through it, and you're like, wait a minute, actually... (laughs) This doesn't have 500 students anymore. It has 3,000 students. Yeah, yeah. And getting a show up is not, like, all these podcasts that I listened to before coming to New York with all these comedians talking about, as we are, how they came up and being like, I just started putting my shows up at UCB. It's like, you can't do that anymore because there are 3,000 students. Yeah. And they all want to put their shows up at UCB, which I think kind of created this cool thing in, like, what I would consider my, like, grade of comedy the people who came up with me of like a lot of people putting on their own shows at other venues and like taking stuff elsewhere cuz it was just like the it the influx of people it was so much.
0: Yeah, you couldn't book a show from outside, really. No.
1: No, I mean, it couldn't I because tried. and because <laughs> and like I that's not shade to them. It's just like you have 3000 students and yeah. like you you can't be fielding show requests from every
0: right. random I, ass and I person. had done it uh, used to be in L.A., which had no currency here at all.
1: Yeah, well, that's also something I've learned, which is, like, the two, it doesn't matter. Like, no. it, like, if you're on a team here and you go to L.A., they don't give two shits. If you're on a team there and you come here, they don't care. It's like, get out of here.
0: So much starting over yes. is involved in all of mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least we're almost out of time.
1: Oh, God. It and, went by so fast.
0: And I have so much more to ask you about. <laughs> um, but we'll, maybe we'll revisit some other time. Um Do you have some shows coming up uh, that you want to talk about in the future? I know you've got Mm -hmm. a a big one coming. Go ahead. You tell me.
1: So the Roast of Your 15-Year-Old Self is going to be in Los Angeles. Okay. We have not locked down the date as of this recording, but I think by the time it has come out, we will have that date. It will be sometime in the first week of February. We're looking at February 1st. If that interests you and you are in Los (laughs) Angeles – Just follow me on social media or go on my website. It'll all be there. But I think we'll be in L.A. on February 1st. Well,
0: that's exciting, and I hope that that works. Yes. It'll be sometime.
1: And then as far as New York shows, uh, I'm in uh, She Makes Me Laugh is a really great show. Uh Uh, It's January 17th at Caveat, and I will be on that show with... A really awesome lineup. I think it's Phoebe Robinson, me, Mary Beth Barone, um, and other people whose names are escaping me right now, but it's a really good lineup. And That's great. Those gals put on a great show.
0: Always doing great stuff out thank there. Thank you. And uh, I wish you continued success oh, same to with you. all of these projects. It's so amazing. Um, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Such a great talk. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes I like thinking about my 15-year-old self and then quickly forgetting it. But uh, my thanks to Elise for joining me. What fun. Uh, please be sure to support what she's doing and go see her shows. Follow her on social media. I'm going to have a chat with my slash our agent <laughs> to see if I can get a little more work thrown my way. But in the meantime, folks, we're headed out to San Francisco for our seventh time, our seventh year at an SF Sketch Fest one of the one of the just best comedy festivals out there, and we're bringing a huge new show, new variety show, Sunday, January nineteenth, ten p.m. It's a holiday weekend; you can stay up late. Uh, find me there when we open up Deep Night with Dale's World of Gems, a brand new variety show at the iHeart Radio stage at the Gateway Theater. Used to be the Eureka Theater; now it's the Gateway. I don't know why things change, but they do. And this is located in, oh, for, for, uh, folks, 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 folks. Listen, if you're going to be in San Francisco, people are going to tell you go to the wharf. They're going to go to Marin, see the Redwoods, uh, have some coffee in North Beach, uh, see Koi Tower, uh, eat in the Mission, uh, see the views from Potrero Hill, right? Uh, sit in Dolores Park and have a picnic. All of those things are fine. But, friends, you must, you must, you must go to the Embarcadero. It's my favorite place in all of San Francisco, and that's where this theater is located. So you're in luck. Get down there and just, you know, make a day of it. Grab a sandwich at Safeway, and then you can come right over. My guests on the show will be, well, what a phenomenal lineup here, Arden Marine, Joanne Schinderly, Andrew Arolfo, Phoebe Bottoms, and my old pals, emphasis on the old, <laughs> I kid, fellas, I kid, Casper Hauser, with music from Zelma Stone who is just fantastic. We'll also have an appearance by Little Dale. What's that? (laughs) I don't even know. There's so much show. Please come. It's a big theater. We need you there. Tickets and info online at deepnightshow.com, where you can also find out uh, information about our first live show of the season in New York City at The Slipper Room, Wednesday, February 12th at 8 p.m. Information's up there. That's enough for this week, uh, for this episode. So we conclude there, but please remember... ...that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is independently produced and performed by James Buley. Season 12 podcast icon illustrated by Lars Litaro. Deep Night Season 12 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode is provided by the talented roster at Haller Hills Farm in Ohio. Production studio space provided by Harvestworks here in New York City... Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or tune in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Thank you for listening. And this season, I encourage you all to leave your portals open.